0: Welcome to Real Stories, a special edition of Part of the Story Read, your public library's official podcast. I'm Claire Brown. And
1: I'm Lee Westlack. Today we're going to be talking horror.
0: So just a little bit of an introduction of what Real Stories is. So Lee came to me, what, a few weeks now? Yeah. Maybe a couple of months even, or more. Somewhere, Yeah, actually (laughs) it was
1: maybe a couple of months ago now. And
0: you were saying to me, like, why isn't there more movie content on your podcast? Because I, I assume Lee's a fan
1: absolutely yeah (laughs) film and television that's my jam um
0: so the reason why and sage would probably be the first one to tell anyone uh she's not a huge movie watcher oh so we didn't really do anything super movie related because she's just not into it which is totally fine but we have a huge collection of movies here at the library and i'm a big movie fan so when lee brought this idea to me i thought yes why aren't we doing this Absolutely, yeah.
1: I mean, and we are like a veritable blockbuster worth of DVDs and shows. Better than blockbuster, though. As a person
0: who worked at blockbuster, bless everyone's hearts, the library is much better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So just before we get into a little bit more of our discussion and our picks, um, these are our picks. These are what horror means. These movies are what horror means to us. So we might not mention your favorites, and you can definitely you know, come into the library and tell us all about your favorites um, or, you know, find us online. But these are movies that have creeped us out or that we revisit or that we've loved. And like, it's kind of weird to say that you love a horror movie.
1: Yeah. Isn't it though? Like, because, (laughs) because it does, it does stay in your brain though. Like, and it does kind of like sit there and then you judge, well, I guess it's like other movies. You judge all other movies based, you know, on what you loved. Yeah.
0: Which is so strange. So do you remember, like, a first horror experience? Like, are you a horror movie watcher from, like, an inappropriate age? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, I mean, it's, it's not on my list to talk about, but the Andromeda Strain oh, uh, yeah. was, I just, there's a scene in the Andromeda Strain where <laughs> she's looking at the different samples, and all of a sudden the light starts flashing red, and she's an epileptic. So uh, she starts kind of, like, you know, having a... a a seizure yeah uh and that as a kid to me like the virus didn't scare me <laughs> in andromeda strain i was just like yeah that's fine whatever but this lady just absolutely just having this moment the seizure i was like i didn't understand it yeah. i didn't get it. it freaked me out yeah and that's the
0: thing like the things that freak us out the most are the things that we don't understand so some of the things on our list are not like technically horror we have one pick that will i think It's on both of our lists, and I think it will have some discussion as to whether or not it even belongs on a horror list. Right, yeah. We are both arguing it absolutely does. (laughs) Because, again, it's one of those things that you don't understand, so then it just gives you that creep feeling of unease
1: yeah yeah and i mean like anything i mean you don't have to go straight to revulsion for something to be a horror film it just has to be creepy enough to give you that little bit of a tingling sensation
0: and do you think that they have to have like jump scares i think all good horror movies have like one scene where you're like oh and you're, like, jumped back. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know if you have to have a jump scare, but it probably is nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's the payoff of all of that tension of the horror movie yeah. to, like, have that release. of Like, oh, God. And then you can just be like, okay, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're going to just go back and forth. We do have a couple of overlapping um, picks. So we'll go probably a little bit more in depth with them because obviously we both love them yeah, for I mean, particular reason. Yeah,
1: I mean, your list, I, I, looking at your list, and <laughs> I'm just like, I love your list so much. When I looked much. at yours
0: and your number one pick, which, like, no spoilers, you'll have to listen to the end of the episode for his number one pick, that's, like, my sixth. Like, if we had had, or I guess seventh, so we're doing a top five, which we told ourselves we're doing top fives, and we both have six picks. Yeah. We did this independently of each other, and we both have six picks. <laughs> so like immediately, Lee fits in perfectly with Part of the Story Podcast, because if anyone is a long-term listener, they know that Sage and I are breaking our top five rules every single, every single time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so we're going to get into this. Lee, what did you put as your sixth pick?
1: All right. Well... Uh, it's kind of hard because I, I had a hard time deciding whether or not w- which one I should go with and so I put Zombieland but also Shaun of the Dead yeah. and and because they're comedy horror yeah so and that's a, that's one of the things where like the argument could be said are they actually horror films mm-hmm. you know because they're they have more humor than they do uh, a lot of like the horror but they're elements.
0: both extremely gory
1: absolutely yeah. Zombieland for sure <laughs> yeah. is very gory uh, and but even Shaun of the Dead yeah um, but I love them so much. And zombie horror is like one of my favorite genres. Um, always has been ever since I was a kid, uh, watching Dawn of the Dead when I definitely, definitely should have not been watching <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. Not
0: appropriate? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so like for me, I don't know. I just, I just enjoy it. Um, I do prefer movies where the zombies aren't fast moving zombies, preferably. I do like, you know, like so there's...
0: slow. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So like 28 Days Later, that's like, you know... Uh, by the way, a good movie, not on my list, but uh, yeah. But it, it, I just prefer the Walkers instead. Yeah. So, and uh, Zombieland and 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 Shaun of the Dead definitely fit that description.
0: When I saw them on your list, I was like, why they didn't even like come to my mind when I was making my list or like when we were thinking about other things. And like horror comedy is such a fine line as to whether it can be successful. And I would argue that there's probably a lot more unsuccessful than successful. Zombieland is excellent. Shaun of the Dead, very good. I would throw in like Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse in there again. Another like, what? Is there something about zombies that like lend themselves to being horror comedies? Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: I don't know what it is though, but it it definitely does. Yeah, yeah.
0: So they're like super enjoyable, and I. I'm blanking on his name, but the director of Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse also has Freaky, which I didn't go into it thinking was a horror comedy. So the tone was like completely off for me for the first fifteen minutes and I was just like, I don't understand what's happening here and then suddenly it all clicked into place. But I think horror comedies can be oddly good like comfort watches. Yes. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean I watch Zombieland. Sometimes when I I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what I want to watch. Yeah. But I just you know I'm like that that's kind of like my go-to for like an easy to watch horror film right it's not too scary it's you know it's got its funny moments so definitely like it's it's, super
0: well casted too
1: oh absolutely like Woody Harrelson and uh just
0: like they just have such great chemistry together yeah
1: absolutely and it carry
0: the film
1: yeah I mean even Abigail Breslin like seeing her in it and I mean Zombieland 2 where they all reprise their roles yeah it's fantastic to watch them in that too yeah um, but they do a fantastic job. Absolutely. And,
0: like, can you even spoil a movie that's that old?
1: No, like, I don't think oh, so. also,
0: spoiler alert for maybe any of these movies. <laughs> um, we want you to enjoy them, obviously, but none of them are super new, so we might have plot points in this conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, I wish I hadn't known. Uh, but like the Bill Murray cameo in Zombieland, it's so one good. of the greatest, like, funniest little. Absolutely. Like,
1: well, just, uh, well, because that's so unexpected, yeah. you know. And and you do think like the way that it's portrayed in the movie, you're like, oh no, Bill really is a yeah. zombie. Like <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah, uh, and it's just it's fantastically done. When you know, uh, well, should we spoil?
0: Can, can I, I spoil? I can spoil. Yeah, absolutely. It's like from what 2009
1: yeah yeah so if you listen if you haven't seen it please just turn off the podcast go on to netflix or yeah yeah track it down and watch it but uh you know when when he's doing the joke in the in the theater and he's like coming up on them and he's very obviously like making weird human zombie sounds you know uh you know and then he gets shot in the chest twice by by a shotgun and you're just like oh oh my gosh like yeah, and the, it just and of course Bill Murray plays it. Yeah. As he always does, you know. Just perfectly like
0: Like so dry, so straight, yes. even in like a zombie movie.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it so much. My pick is completely different from Lee's for my sixth one. And it's sort of like a sci-fi horror. Um, which oh. I think is its own sort of subgenre. Absolutely. Um, but mine is Annihilation and Annihilation, first of all, beautifully filmed movie. Cinematography in Annihilation is amazing. And it's based on a book of the same name. And there are two others, I think, in the series, at least. Um, I haven't read the books because I found them sort of difficult to read, which is unusual for me. Like, if I want to see a movie, I'm usually like, oh, I have to read the book or whatever, right? I'm one of those people. Um, But I couldn't get into it. But I still thought, oh, the trailer looks really good. I'm going to go. So there's a scene in Annihilation that I think about every single time that you think about like what are the creepiest scenes. Not necessarily the scariest but like the creepiest. And in this world in Annihilation there's a sort of a veil dome that they are traveling in trying to figure out what is going on in this sort of contained nature place. Some people have gone missing strange occurrences are happening all of that stuff. And There are mutations of animals, let's say. Yeah. And I think you know which part Uh,
1: You You haven't even said it yet, and I'm already getting, like, a little creeped out by it, actually. Like, I can feel my hairs. Yeah. So
0: there's a part where they find an abandoned house, and they have been looking for their uh, member of their party um, that has gone missing. And you hear this, like, weird, guttural, growl humanoid scream it's a it's a strange mix of a sound that i had never heard before this film and you realize pretty quickly that it's a strange mutation of a former bear i'm thinking yeah yeah um and the visual of it first of all well done cgi because it looks insanely real fantastic yeah but the sound of it is really what gets me and the stalking nature of that creature in that house making that sound, I will remember that theater. Because there's nothing, there's nothing scary to me than when you can't close your eyes and your ears at the same time when you're scared in a horror movie. Right. Like, if I'm at home and I'm watching a horror movie alone and I get scared, I usually just put on closed captioning and then mute the film. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, let myself have I've never done
1: that trick. That's (laughs) a wonderful trick. Let
0: myself have a few moments. But in the theater, it's all around you. Right. So, like, you're in it and you have to experience it. And... It was good. Like, it was that weird, creepy feeling. And it's not a horror, although there is some, like, body horror yeah, to it yeah, in terms of what happens to some of the characters. Um, but it's not, like, gore for gore's sake. It is serving a story, a larger sci-fi story, which is strange. Like, it's a very philosophical film in some ways. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, like, that scene... I think about it probably like once a week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you're right because like the the sound effect that they yeah. used and and so it mimicked a human's voice almost but it didn't sound right. Yeah. And and so And you it,
0: knew it immediately even though you couldn't see where the sound was coming from.
1: Yeah. And so like there's that effect of uncanny valley normally yeah. that you have when you see something that's sort of human but not quite human enough yeah. and yet it, that was the auditory version of Mm -hmm. like an uncanny valley of like hearing this thing
0: and you couldn't pinpoint it right away until you saw sort of what was making the noise and then you were like oh my they've gone there (laughs) yeah
1: absolutely yeah so
0: it was and and really
1: and and talking about that sound like the soundtrack for annihilation too Mm. was fantastic like the work that they did on that uh and and the the there's a theme to it that Mm -hmm. if you heard it in in any TikTok video, sometimes like you would know exactly you're like, oh, that's from Annihilation. Yeah.
0: And I love well-rounded movies like that. I love movies that have studios behind them that are like, this isn't just a throwaway sci-fi. This isn't just a horror. Like, you know, just, I'm using quotations. Right. Just those things. (laughs) It's like, no, we are going to pay attention to the script. We are going to pay attention to the cinematography. We are going to have this score that you will remember, you know, 10 years, 15 years. I love that kind of filmmaking. So, even if your movie, and like Annihilation isn't, but there are movies that are like B movies that are elevated completely by direction, by cinematography, by music. And I think horror is that a lot.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Because it's very basic concepts, a lot of horror, and yet it can be so good. If it has the right eye directing, if it has the right sound in the background, the right choices. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, anything in the right place can yeah. change it from something that's kind of this cheesy, yeah, overcooked... Yeah,
0: type of thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, to something that's truly, you know, horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that you
0: remember for years.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so our next pick is our top five pick. And when I say our top five pick, I mean <laughs> ours. And this is the one that people might be like, not a horror. Yeah, yeah. But Lee and I, we disagree with you, respectfully.
1: A- absolutely. Respectfully. Yeah. I mean, respectfully. You know what? This is definitely. you are wrong. We're right. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it's the Silence of the Lambs.
1: Oh, it is a, a-, a formative movie. Like yeah. before Silence of the Lambs, uh, there wasn't really like a truly good serial killer, you know, yeah. type movie, or at least nothing that I could think of that like comes to mind in the
0: terms of like a humanoid like, human serial killer. yeah. Like, a person that preys on people with logic, with, you know, with their t- logic, I'm not uh, saying. Uh, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I get what you mean, yeah. Um, with, like, logic and thought and just, like, like, humanness to it. Because you're talking about slasher movies, you're talking about semi-supernaturally creatures that don't seem to be able to die, and yet somehow they're still human, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they're faceless, they're, like, you know, it doesn't matter who's behind the mask. Yeah. But... For Silence of the Lambs, it's very gritty.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like and and you're you're talking about all these things like, you know, like monsters, you know, that kind of creep around in the night. That that's generally the accepted horror yeah. genre. But the real monsters we find in Silence of the Lambs yes. are just other human beings. And, and far
0: scarier. Absolutely.
1: I yeah. mean and, and I mean like if anyone's watched the movie, you know, you're not helping anyone move a couch into a van. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent No matter what, you just be like, no thanks, I'm good, thanks, yeah. It's
0: like, yeah, I will watch you from here. I will call you movers if you would like. (laughs) I am not helping you at all. Yeah. And there is some controversy now with the lens of 2022 uh, about the character Buffalo Bill. Mm -hmm. I recently rewatched this. One, because we had talked about it a few weeks ago when we were sort of just starting to put our lists together. And then it got me, this is weird, got me in the mood to watch it. (laughs) And so I was rewatching it, and I think that there's some nuance with the character that I didn't really think about before mm-hmm. and in terms of like Hannibal Lecter's like assessment of the character right so buffalo bill for those who don't know uh views themselves potentially as a as a trans person yes but if you listen to Hannibal Lecter's discussion of Buffalo Bill with Clarice about what type of character he is or why he's choosing these particular women or whatever. Like Hannibal Lecter says fairly straightforwardly that he's not that Buffalo Bill is not a trans character and that he sort of is using that as a shield to do what they want to do. Right. So, I think I think that can be missed if you're not like paying attention to Mm -hmm. that part of it and so with my 2022 lens (laughs) i did find that very interesting to have a movie because i think it's from 91 yes yeah like very sort of explicitly state that this is not the trans community this is not a representation of the trans community yeah and i missed it probably every single time i had watched it before
1: yeah and well and of course even in 91 you know, um, psychiatry of where it was and like yeah. how it was written, you know, I would even say, you know, psychiatry missed the ball altogether, oh. you know, for some of that stuff too, yeah. you know, or maybe not miss the ball, but they weren't as focused on, on it as we are now, yeah. you know, and, and the understandings that we have about it. So because sure,
0: we're talking about like 30 years. Yeah. Like, oh gosh. I don't know. say it like that,
1: please. Oh my I goodness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you can have a discussion of the movie and you can have an enjoyment of the movie mm-hmm. without seeing it through this 2022 20, lens of a demonization of a community like a marginalized community because I, I don't think that's what it is i think that the character of buffalo bill is basically using it as a perversion yeah. like he himself is is not and is using this to justify a means to an end because yeah he doesn't like who he is and he's looking for an answer in whatever way. Yeah. And his brutality, like, you forget about it, right? Like, you forget about the level of like, because Hannibal Lecter has a level of refinement, right? In right. In conversation
1: and... Though even he, you oh, know, has brutality. his moment as well, Yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's, maybe that is kind of the horror aspect yeah. to it too, is that, again, you know, humans as the monsters, and they can suddenly leap forward and do these, like, yeah. absolutely horrendously terrible, physically brutal acts. Yeah. And Hannibal Lecter smiling yeah. through his scene when he's beating a guard with a nightstick. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just having a grand old time.
0: Well, and they're sort of two sides of the same coin, because they're both, like, really violent murderers, Mm -hmm. but Hannibal Lecter can lie to you. He can look like an accomplished man, and he is an accomplished man, right? Like, that's what makes his character so scary. Like, he was able to get where he was in society and, and be part of these different circles and have this practice. and allegedly help these people yeah quote unquote help. yeah (laughs) but and like buffalo bill is just is just a murderer he doesn't have anything else in his life he has no you know job he has no family connection he has no like no one's ever looked up to him yeah like in the same way that you like hannibal lecter has clearly had privilege like Mm -hmm. buffalo bill hasn't so the brutality of buffalo bill has taken over completely Yeah, and he he doesn't see other people as human, and I think that Hannibal Lecter does, and he just doesn't care. Yeah, and which makes which is scarier? Yeah, exactly. Which is scarier? yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and definitely
1: Hannibal Lecter. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I just I love the language of that movie. The performance, obviously, of from Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah,
1: I mean, is... Anthony Hopkins. Well, and, um, you know, like Jodie Foster does oh, a fantastic job yeah. in the movie, too. Like um, Absolutely
0: holds her own. Like, how she speaks with him, their scenes together are just absolutely electric. And if you're not bringing it, then Anthony Hopkins would look like he was doing too much in the role, right? Like, right. That he was overdoing it. But she's bringing it just to the same level, just in a quieter Way because her character is a quieter character, yeah. like still trying to figure out her place in everything. Also, there was just like interesting moments of like her talking to her boss about being a woman in this space at, at the behavioral yeah. analysis unit and how he needs to treat her in front of others because it shows how she should be treated by others when he's not there, right? And like again, for 1991. You're like, yes. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it is forward thinking <laughs> yeah. in that regard for sure. Like, I mean, just just her being at the FBI yeah. in general, you know, is is definitely that kind of like moment where you kind of see, because you hadn't seen it in the movies before where the primary character who happens to be in law enforcement happens to be a woman.
0: Yeah. And she's not the sidekick. No. Like, she is absolutely smart not. and she is capable and she is like fearless, not always in the like best way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would not take certain chances that she takes, but she's an FBI agent, and I am not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just, re-watching it, I just had a complete new appreciation for it again. Not that I had ever thought, oh, it was a bad movie, but every time you watch it, you're like, this is a Really good movie. Like, yeah. there's a reason well, that it stays in the conversation.
1: Yeah, there's so many layers to yeah. it that you can, depending on what you want to watch for, you know, each time. You yeah. know, there's there's political conversations that go on. Yeah. You know, then there's there's the discourse of you know, um, Jodie Foster. You know, trying to navigate a world that is generally male. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Uh, then there's the whole psychiatry thing. Like, if you want to go <laughs> down the rabbit hole of why. You know, Hannibal Lecter collected a storage uh, place full of like all these knickknacks that yeah. he's kept from people that he was treating as patients. You're yep. like, what is that all about? <laughs> yeah. We don't, and it doesn't even go into it. <laughs> no. So, yeah.
0: It's, it is such a good movie. And if you haven't seen it, highly recommend. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. You, that's a must watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you put nothing else on your list, put silence of the, the, yeah, on your list. Yeah. What is your number four pick?
1: All right. So, my number four. And kind of talking about, like, you know, we're, we were talking about, like, you know, how something from back in 1991 kind of, like, is is formative almost. Mm-hmm. So, mine is The Cell. And this is with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, and it is kind of oddly, like, this weird... It, it, it's a, it I don't know if people <laughs> would consider it a horror again. It's kind of the yeah. same thing, almost with Silence of the Lambs. Because it's, again, an FBI agent that is going to somebody... Uh, who can basically go into dreams, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it has that science fiction element to it too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, this this one is kind of like more of a exploration into the mind of a serial killer. And so they can, you know, Jennifer Lopez can go right into the dream of this serial killer, go into his mind, and kind of like see how what kind of things happened in his past and his childhood that kind of made that person into potentially a serial killer yeah. Um, in order to, to find a character and, and to bring them back out because they need to save someone. Yes. But there's so many, I, I would argue to anybody who's like, that's not a horror film. Like <laughs> there's a lot of horror elements. Uh, you know, for one, uh, if you've ever watched Saw, you know, there's a whole bunch of traps, you know, yep. and you've got to make some pretty disturbing choices. Yes. Uh, in the cell, you know, they have people trapped in this cube that's filling up with water over time. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get to these people fast enough, they're going to drown. Yeah. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I find that pretty darn scary. Yes. You know, I would not want to be in such a situation. And then, then in the dream world, or in in their subconscious world that, you know, Jennifer Lopez can go into, uh, there's so much iconography. Yeah. Uh, and crazy stuff of that, that is happening. Like the cinematography.
0: Again, it's, it's a director and it's a cinematographer really elevating... A story that could have gone so wrong.
1: Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, like, in any other hand, it, it yeah. definitely could have been way worse than what it was, I Well, think. and the
0: serial killer is played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. Like, first of all, Vincent D'Onofrio, I can't even. He's so great <laughs> in, like, everything. Whether he's in something for, like, a small bit, whether he's, you know, Bobby Gorin on yep. <laughs> Law and Order Criminal Intent... Or in this one, like, so he plays the serial killer, and we see him as different versions, basically, of himself. He's, um, fragmented, sort of, in his subconscious, because he is all these different people, and there's just one part of him that is extremely violent, and the most powerful part of him, and that's why he does what he does. So she has interactions with him as a young boy, with him as a younger man, with, with different parts of him, and there's a particular scene where you see him as he as as that version of himself, um, where the cinematography and the horns, the makeup, yes, yeah. everything about that film, all of the subconscious or dream sequences, however we want to call it, the makeup, the costuming, the cinematography choices elevate. That movie, because you think, like, I know some people probably immediately were like, oh, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know that they were. Even though, watch out of sight. How dare you? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the cinematography and the costuming and the makeup in the cell, once they are in the subconscious, it's, it's insane. It's so incredible. Yeah. And you don't forget those visuals. And I never saw them on the big screen, but they would have lent themselves so beautiful oh absolutely to the big stream.
1: yeah and i mean like and there's so many like you said elements like you know uh you're talking about the costumes but even the sets uh, yeah. that they you know came up with you know even not in necessarily the dream sequence of the serial killer but you know there's an opening scene where they're in a desert uh and jennifer lopez is like wearing this long flowing dress you know they've got this black horse like there's so many yeah. so many cool visual elements that yeah. they just tie into this movie and I think one could argue maybe the plot gets lost at times, yeah. you know, for a few things. But you know, beyond that, it is it is stellar, and it does definitely have. I mean, somebody's getting disemboweled at one point. Uh, <laughs> you know, not it's, not it's horror, it's it, scary, in that
0: creepy way too. Like there are yes. some like visually scary and gross things, but then it's just unnerving to think because Vincent D'Onofrio's character sort of just kidnapped women indiscriminately yeah. and put them in boxes that could fill up with water and that was just your fate and it didn't matter who you were.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: In the same way that it didn't matter like how electric didn't care about you. Buffalo yeah. Bill didn't care about you. <laughs> like it's the same way. It's it's scary and it's horror 100%. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. How what was your n- number 4?
0: My number 4 is Halloween.
1: Ah, yeah. So,
0: like, the original Halloween, when you're talking about creating a character that does not speak, Michael Myers never speaks, Mm -hmm. um, you really do rely on the music, the the score, um, how they're framed in a shot. Because, like, if you just take a picture, like, if you took a picture of Lee on the street, you would be like, oh, that's a man on the street. But you take a picture of Michael Myers on the street, and maybe he's a little off-center, or maybe something is putting him in shadow or something about it right and you're like even with the mask because like it's it's on halloween so everyone is dressed up in a costume right at a certain point in the film right and they they're not scary you're not like oh i'm scared of them but like you hear that there's that very particular noise in halloween when he like walks out from behind something he just like he's just watching he's just stalking and watching and he's never in a hurry to do anything. Right. He knows that he's going to get to his end goal which I find scary in and of itself. Right. Because you have other killers in movies and they we're going to get to one of our picks <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. we'll juxtapose the, the style of, of the killer. Um, but Michael Myers is never in a hurry. He never believes that he will not get the person that he is after. Right. Like he is just a machine. Like they're and you'd think that that character wouldn't have character, right? Because you never see their eyes, you never see anything, and yet the body movements and just the walk and the determination, you know everything about the character, even though you know nothing about the character.
1: Right, yeah. I, th- I think that's kind of scary in and of itself, yeah. too, of this force, uh, this being that just kind of keeps coming after you, yeah. and, and, and there's no... Like, even though they try to hide, there's no real way to hide yeah. from them. Like, the, the, Michael just kind of knows kind of where you are. Yeah. And because so, he's been
0: watching you for however long. Right. So, like, he knows the places to go. And so I think that there has to be a little bit of a conversation about sequels. Right. <laughs> and how sequels can definitely ruin or tarnish Yes. original legacy and i think that halloween again you're talking about a movie i think from 1978 that really restarted horror as a bankable genre that people would go like think of the 80s heyday yes. absolute heyday for horror and it, they really owe that to halloween so to capitalize on halloween they made a lot of Not great Halloweens. Right. Including some that don't even have Michael Myers.
1: Yep, yeah. (laughs) Which
0: which was a choice. Um, I remember seeing Halloween H20 in like 1997 (laughs) in the theater, which I definitely snuck into because I think it was 14A and I absolutely was not 14 (laughs) in 1997. But I think they tried to rewrite those wrongs by Mm -hmm. this sequel trilogy that they are doing. So the first Halloween, just named Halloween, um, that came out in 2019. Were you able to see it?
1: No, no, no. Uh, so
0: I think that the first one is quite good. So no. it's it disregards everything except for the first film. So it's Laurie Stroh, Jamie Lee Curtis, the original screen queen. Right, right. <laughs> um, grown up. And like, what would a woman in her 60s who had lived through Michael Myers as a teenager be like? You would be like how Lori Strode is in Halloween twenty nineteen. She lives in a farm in the middle of nowhere. There is a huge fence. She is a weapons trained person. She had a daughter who she's estranged from because it turns out she's not a cuddly mother after having been through what she'd been through because she wanted her daughter to survive, etc. It's a really smart opening from for that movie to to connect it to uh, it's past, but also to be like, oh, we know that we're in, you know, 2019. Yeah. And so they open with a couple that are working on a true crime podcast about these killings in Haddonfield. And they go to, you know, interview Michael Myers, even though he's spoken to no one um, since. And it just it opens like that. So you're like, okay, we are, we're in the true crime, you know, quote unquote era, right? <laughs> but then, and it's fantastic. The second one, not so much. I was very disappointed. I'm still looking forward to the third one. Right. Um, but if you go from just the first one to the first one, like and miss like I don't know 40 movies in between. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's like Uh, maybe how sequels got a bad name because there are so many horror sequels that have come out over time. And I mean, Halloween's not the only one. Jason, you know, Friday the 13th. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. they just
0: pop them out. Because horror is relatively cheap to make. Absolutely. And they usually make money. Like, look at the number of Saw movies just in the last, what, 15 years? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and, they, and they're and just banking on, you know, once they've got you yeah. on those first couple of movies that you're... You're it, a
0: built-in audience. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. You know, you've already put in this time that you've watched a couple of films. You know, you're going to watch the rest of them, of course. <laughs> exactly.
0: <you know? laughs> well, 100%. And it is, like, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> What's your third
1: pick? All right. So my first, third pick, um, it's It. From twenty seventeen, so that that's the most recent one. Yeah, um, and I loved it. I didn't when I watched the original one with Tim Curry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was creepy, you know. And but
0: it's different eyes because you probably saw it with a child's. Eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was much younger, of course. Yeah. You know, when I had seen it, but I didn't. I didn't actually find it. You know, uh, like a. I didn't find it horror esque for me for the first one. Yeah. But this one, when I watched it, the second one, it it definitely had something more to it and i Mm -hmm. think that and we talk about the directors we talk about you know cinematographers and this is absolutely one of those instances where everything came together to create this beautiful movie uh that is really well shot you know and i really appreciate this version because it has it feels like it has more layers than the original did yes because you know pennywise isn't the only villain in all of that no you know um there's the uh the the kid and i'm struggling to remember his name now um henry bowers uh you know and he's he's kind of like you know the one that's going after the losers club and he's the town bully basically Mm -hmm. and uh what they use him for in the movie you know later on as pennywise you know brings him onto his side uh i think that's again another element where it's like you know showing that human beings kind of glomp onto these things and they can be monsters in and of themselves
0: Well, even in their home lives. Like, Stephen King yeah. uh, wrote the source material, and he seems very um, interested in sort of coming-of-age tales and putting children characters in very non-childlike situations. Yeah, yeah. Even though we know, like, some children have very terrible uh, upbringings and horrible things happen to them. He does not shy away from any of that with his young characters. And I think... I think the movie made some good choices in what they cut out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyone yeah. can like Wikipedia yeah. that and figure yeah. that out for themselves. <laughs> um, but it, they stayed true to these kids living a, a horror of an everyday existence too. Some of their relationship with their parents and some of, yeah, the bullies. And, you know, of one of the characters, like little brother goes missing. And that's sort of what prompts things off with Pennywise. And... If there's trauma before there's horror.
1: Yeah, and that's what Pennywise banks on is yeah. that these kids have had trauma, you know. Uh, and you're talking about the kids, you know, having home lives that aren't so great. You know, uh, the Beverly Marsh character, yeah. you know, her father's obviously abusive, yeah. uh in more ways than one. Yeah. And so that's what Pennywise is feeding off of is these initial traumas, these initial fears of these children, uh-huh. um, and that's kind of the the source of. Of him to get them, you know, so fear, fearful and then he can feed off that energy. Yeah. Which is... Which is... a, I mean, and Bill Skarsgård as it. Yeah. As Pennywise. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Like, he he'd really knocked it out of the park yeah. for the for his interpretation. But again
0: the makeup that they went with the costuming that they went with. I am a notorious clown hater. <laughs> I don't care like horror, I don't care if you're on the street and just giving kids balloons, I don't care. I don't want to be anywhere near you. Um so I've always been super afraid of clowns and so I didn't know if I was going to see it. But I know that the storytelling can be really good. And then you see the trailers and then you hear everything, everyone talking about it. And so you're like, oh, I'm going to watch it. And again, the children actors, like the child actors, Mm -hmm. perfectly cast. Absolutely. Like, because in different hands or in a different director's hands, it's a clunky film, right? Like Mm -hmm. the children can't carry it. It's, it doesn't work. And you see that in different films all the time, where they're not quite as good as they could be, and then it's not believable, and you're out of it, right? Yeah. But with It, which I will never watch again. Like it is <laughs> you, one You'll never fun. watch yeah. it
1: like ever again? No. Not once? I watched
0: part one. I watched part two. I'm good. I'm good to go. <laughs> That's it, like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, like, I'm happy that I watched them, but just for my own like clown issues, right. we won't be revisiting. Fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like, again, you're talking about a horror movie that is a movie, that is like a proper film Mm -hmm. that does, that takes its time, that split itself into two parts so that you could really get to know the children characters and sort of see how they grew up and how they became these adults. And I think if they had tried to do it in, say, like a two and a half hour movie and it was all in one, I don't think it would have the growth. And I think that in some ways it too is not as successful As its predecessor. Definitely not, no. Um, But I like the completeness of the story. And I like that they took the time to tell the story that they wanted to tell.
1: Yeah. And I think that's kind of... I think that shows growth of how kind of horror as a genre has started to grow. Like
0: prestige horror.
1: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) because narrative has kind of started to creep back into a lot of horror mm-hmm. films or maybe well maybe creep back in that's a good word for it yeah. but uh you know that some horror films you know were just slashers straight yeah. out and out you know and so there wasn't didn't need to have a lot of no. story behind all you it needed
0: was a scary killer a final girl maybe some nudity a jump scare yeah
1: and then yeah, you know then that's you're that's good you to needed. go yeah. yeah but it definitely has so many narrative layers to it and yeah. and you care about each of the characters for different reasons mm-hmm. and just little small bits that they throw in there for the characters makes you just love that character yeah. and you don't and want and you're invested yeah you don't yeah. want to see them get hurt no. but you know it's coming and yeah. that's probably like another hard part too is like
0: the anticipation of the pain <laughs>
1: you know that it's yeah. coming like yeah. it's going to happen Pennywise is going to find that little piece of them yeah. that they're uncertain about or some trauma that they had and you're just like you don't want that to happen no yeah
0: ugh like, again, i just like, I'm thinking of what Pennywise looks like. It's just like jumping me mean, the creeps. Just sitting here. Um, so my third is The Purge. Right. And I don't know what this says about me, but I love The Purge. I love all The Purges. I don't care what Purge I'm watching. Yes.
1: When you first told me that your favorite, like, <laughs> series is The Purge, pretty much, like, for horror films. Yeah. I was like... Really, for Claire, like, yeah. <laughs> it didn't make sense at all. Like, if you if you meet Claire, you're not gonna be like, oh, huge Purge, Purge fanatic, yeah. yeah.
0: And like, so the Purge, they are some of my comfort films. Some of, some of your
1: comfort films.
0: <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm in the mood almost always to watch the Purge. So the first Purge has Ethan Hawke in it mm-hmm. in one of his first horror roles. So he is the very high-up CEO of a home security system company. And for those who don't know, The Purge is in the not-so-distant future. Uh, The United States government has a night, a 12-hour night, where they declare all crime legal, including murder. And so it's called Purge Night. And people can just do whatever they want to do with no consequence. And if you want to opt out, then you buy one of these security systems and you are rich and you stay in your house and you just live out the purge night. So it's like a, so they're just like living their night and their house gets attacked. And in his hubris, he thinks I know everything about these security systems that we're fine. Don't even think about it. But obviously it would not be a horror, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they could not get in, um, and I think it's one of those shocking horrors. And again, I'm going to probably spoil something um, because you think that you know who's going to live,
1: mm-hmm. right? Right. You think
0: if whatever happens, you're the headliner of the movie, you're you're going to live, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you're Ethan Hawke, like you're going to live.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, no. And I really like that with The Purge in all of their movies is you don't know who is the safe one.
1: Yeah. Anyone's on the docket to be eliminated. Or something
0: terrible to happen to them. Yeah. Like, I think, I don't think they're all as successful as the first one in terms of like, um, because it's very insular, the first one. They're in one house. It's one location. It's one family that we're following. And, you know, all of that the second one is good it's more of like an action horror i would Mm -hmm. say that's when frank grillo joins the um franchise and so he's in it for a couple i really like the third one election year because it talks about the politics around purge night and whether it should exist and and all of that kind of stuff so it adds a bit of a weird layer uh there's the first purge there's the forever purge like things are just purging (laughs) all over the place and i love them (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but Purge. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't know why I love it so much, but I really do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and it... And it is popular because we uh-huh. see it talked about, you know, and made fun of, you know, in a lot of other shows. Uh, you know, there's an episode of Rick and Morty where they kind of have, like, they go to a planet where it's a purge planet. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then the whole time, and it's just all these fancy people are in a castle. They're all safe, you know, and then, of course, everyone else is, you know, having a purge night, you know, doing their murders and stuff.
0: And for, like, a fairly new horror movie, for it to be already in the lexicon of, like, pop culture yeah. in that way, like, it it has staying power. If not the others, the first one does for sure, or at least the concept (laughs) does. In the same way that, like, yeah, Michael Myers' character is 40 plus years old at this point. Like, Jason Voorhees wasn't even in the first Friday the 13th. Right. And yet, that's the only thing that we remember them for. So, there are these iconic themes or characters that come out of horror that just become part of everything.
1: Right, yeah. So, out of all the Purge series, then, do you have one specific favorite? Is it. Is it always the first one that you go See, to?
0: No, <laughs> I like the second one for a lot of reasons, but I think I like the third one, <laughs> like kind of the most, um, because we get Frank Grillo again, right. and Frank Grillo is whatever. Like he's not the greatest actor in the world, but we know his backstory from the second one. We know why he does what he does, and then we know why he is on the side of the politician that wants the purge to be over. Yeah. And we know him to be capable. Um, so, like, they are so ultra-violent. And I don't know what, like, I don't know <laughs> what our listeners are going to think when they watch these movies. What does that say about yeah. Claire? But they're insanely, insanely violent. The first purge to me is the scariest one mm-hmm. because it is a regular family they're just in their house they don't want to participate and you could argue that Ethan Hawke's character has participated by selling these security systems and you know being super wealthy and just like being like oh I don't even care about other people because I'm in my house I'm locked up it doesn't matter to me yeah Um, so like that is scary because like there's children involved and like all of that stuff so I find that to be creepier but in terms of like everything else I think the third one might be my favorite yeah Although, like the Forever Purge has its moments, too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> purge,
1: purge, purge! Yeah. All, the purge all the purges.
0: So our second picks, again, an overlapping pick.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I
0: would argue that this is the most important, even though it's not my number one. It is my most important horror experience.
1: I I'd agree, and it, it was formative yeah. for for me for sure. It, it made me. It made me enjoy horror films. You know, when I was a kid, I had seen some horror stuff. Uh, I hope my mom's not listening. (laughs) She doesn't realize that, I, you know, maybe I've watched some of these. But, you know, I watched this movie and it just set me up for like, oh, I get it now. Or I understand horror films and now I know I like them, you know. And this was definitely one of those films. It's Scream. It's, yeah, Scream (laughs) from 1996. Uh, So good. Like, and... Uh, you, as you were talking about, you know, uh, previously, a very famous actor yes. who plays, who seems to poster. play, yeah, a yeah. lead role. Yeah. And so you go in thinking to yourself, oh, this is this person, Drew Barrymore.
0: The only named actor at that point, because yeah. everybody else was a newcomer. Nev Campbell was from TV. She was yeah. pretty early into her party of five days. Courtney Cox was like two years into Friends. Yeah. We're not talking about household names here. We're talking about nobody, and then we're talking about Drew Barrymore. Yes, she's front center on the poster. You're thinking this is a Drew Barrymore-led horror. Yeah,
1: and the, I mean, and the film opens on her. Yeah, and it's just her. Yeah, it, you know, it's nobody else in, in the iconic scene.
0: blonde wig. Hello. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, you think to yourself, okay, like Drew Barrymore, she's in this film. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, and then they cut the rug out from underneath you. hundred percent. And it just, and that and that blew me away. And like, she's
0: carrying the first, that sequence has to be, what, 10, 12 minutes? Oh, easily, yeah. And she's carrying it by herself because we're not spoiling anything. This is a 27-year-old Yeah, movie. yeah. If you haven't seen yeah. it, it's, it's far too late now. Um, She's talking on the phone. There is nobody. There's no scene partner. There is nobody else to watch. And she is just a teen girl in her kitchen making popcorn, waiting around. So she's, like, fiddling with things. And she's doing this. And she's doing that. And she's just doing what... Any of us who used to have landlines. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and for those of you listening who may never, never had a landline, yeah. you know, uh, the, actually connected. Yeah. You know, you can't just take it with you. Although there were cordless yeah. landlines. I that think you hers could. was cordless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so she was like, you know, around the kitchen and and she's just having this conversation with this voice that's like a little bit flirty, right? Yeah. It's a little bit flirty. She's like, she doesn't know who it is. The voice itself is a little bit flirty, right? Very like enticing to keep on conversation with her. And so she thinks this is just like a fun thing to pass the time. She's waiting for her boyfriend to come. They're going to have a horror movie night. And then it's just... It's all out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it just kicks in so fast. Like as soon as you know, as as soon as they say, like you know, there's like the the, I can't remember the. She says,
0: "I want to know who I'm looking at." Right, that's what it
1: is. Right, and
0: she's like, "Excuse me," and he says, "Oh, I want to know who I'm talking to." And she knows immediately, and the audience knows immediately that he's there.
1: You can see it in her face, the realization, you know, the panic that she has in that moment. And she goes
0: around to lock doors and turn off lights. She grabs a knife. She's doing all those things that that you tell horror movie characters, like, you better, like, get a weapon. You better lock those doors. You better do all those things. And in the end, it doesn't matter. No, absolutely not. Like, he has, we, well, you know later it's two killers, they have total control of the situation. Yeah. Because she's looking one way and there's someone somewhere else. Yeah. Like, she had no chance. And holy smokes, what an excellent beginning of a movie. Because you're talking about the named actor is dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this was in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. In the first 15, 20 minutes. Or and whatever now you're meeting
0: other characters and you're like, well, you are Drew Barrymore. All of you could be dead like we don't know what kind yeah. of movie this is. Yeah,
1: anyone yeah. is, you know, up for, you know, being killed in the in the movie at this point. Oh, for I love sure. That movie. Yeah. I, and I think I think that was probably that that kind of like that change to it where, yeah. you know, you're not, you know for sure that this person is obviously going to be throughout the entire movie. That, that change, that subversion of, of what your expectation, expectation is, yeah. you know, was wonderful. And it was kind of the first time that I feel like it was done.
0: I hundred percent. I would agree with you because especially if you look at the formula, you're like, well, there's a final girl, there's a killer. Yeah. Like everyone else is dead, but the person on the poster, they're fine. Yeah. And then when Drew Barrymore, Again, it's kind of a horror comedy in a strange way. A yeah, it is. Yeah, comedy high school movie. Yeah, and when Drew Barrymore dies, you're just like everybody could die. Like, who are you? Right. Like, there's nothing in the rules. Which, like, iconic. Yes. Iconic yeah. Iconic scene. Um, I love. I I can't even tell you how many times I have watched Scream. I had it on VHS. And I watched it a million times to the point where, when they are revealed, the killers are revealed at the end. Yeah. Billy Lewis and uh, Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker, and I know I know every word to that scene. I know every <laughs> movement that they make. Like it's an insane amount of times that I have watched that movie, and it delivers for me every time. Absolutely. It it's not dated. I don't know how it's not dated, but yeah. It's, it's, you don't watch it and you think, "Ugh, this is so 1996. You know, like, obviously the clothing, the cell phone <laughs> that she uses, um, all of that kind of stuff. But it's just, it's such a revitalization of the horror genre. Yeah. That it's, it is iconic.
1: Yeah. And and they, they took a big risk in the movie, too, because... They with uh, well, oh, they took multiple risks, yeah. really, but but one of them that I I appreciated a lot was the exploration of what horror meta was for yeah. the time, because you know they explain, like you said, the, the rules, rules. Yeah. you know, like I'll be right no back, you know, you know, don't yeah, go I off don't alone, have, yeah. you know, all of those things, and so, you know, they they explored this in the meta and kind of explained it to the audience yeah. at, at a time when movies. Uh, never really ever did that they never really like gave you
0: it's a fourth wall break without a fourth wall break yes that's a great way to say it like he's talking to the characters but he's talking to the audience yeah he's talking to a horror movie audience who has seen horror movies and knows the formula and so all of those things like the character the final girl Sydney she breaks all of the rules and she gets to be the final girl yeah like it the rules didn't matter yeah and you knew that right from the beginning because they broke the that, main yeah. rule
1: right off the hop but yeah. you're
0: told it three quarters of the way through in such an explicit way that it just it's insane and and and
1: yet it wasn't done over the top like no. the exploration because the rules are talked about through through the movie you know there's there's you know little little hints of the different types of rules yeah. of for, for what's going on uh to talk about the new scream that just came out yeah I watched that recently, just because I was like, okay, I better see what it's about before we start talking about my original favorite, Scream. Yeah. And uh, they went overboard on the exploration of meta in that one. And I
0: think they did too, but I still thought that it was fairly successful.
1: Oh yeah, it was still good. Like, yeah. I still enjoyed it.
0: It was Scream trying to reinvent what Scream was, but can you reinvent
1: There's that no. original? You just, you no. can't.
0: And I think it was successful in a lot of ways. I liked... Some of the throwbacks and some of the callbacks, yeah, really, really good. Um, But nothing is Scream. No,
1: no, it's it's something that's simply I don't know if it can ever be replicated. But
0: I did like that it it literally was like we're gonna kill whoever we want to kill. Yes, and like whether you cared about like one of the main trio. I don't want to spoil a movie that's like super new (laughs) because I think it just came out in January. Yeah. Um. So put it on hold. It's just Scream 2022. Um. So if you've seen the original scream, you can watch this one, no problem. One of the main trio that we have been following now for four yep. movies. This is the fifth movie. One of the main trio dies. And when I tell you I cried, Lee, yeah. I'm not lying. <laughs> it, uh, it was
1: heartbreaking. Yeah. Like and and I mean and because it's like you've it's seen the end of an era. Absolutely. You've seen yeah. all these movies, you've grown up with these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I've watched the whole series, even though like not necessarily the entire series is all that great. The for some one I of I really don't
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, but there's something about the original trilogy yeah. that does that does have me. Yeah. Even even some of the plot holes, and whatever, yeah. they have me. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, it was such a great and and again, formative for me because it was the first time that I really I think actually enjoyed a horror movie because all I had seen before that were just a bunch of slashers. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of you know narrative to it, and this had so much more to explore and the cast. Was fantastic.
0: Again, like unknowns that, like unknown quantities, you'd think, oh, that that wouldn't work. But can you imagine someone else besides Matthew Lillard? Oh, yeah. No, because you have no. to love Stu. And then at the end, even when he's being like crazy killer Stu, you have to still be like, oh, Stu, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like Billy Loomis is like, I like the late 90s did a lot of this with like boyfriends, right? Yes. Where the boyfriend seems on paper, really good, right? Yeah. Understanding, he's communicating with our main character, our lead, and you're like oh, he's, like, oh, he's good. And then you have the fake out of him, you know, saving her and getting stabbed and like seeing the killer. That first reveal of the two killers and of him not have being stabbed. Yeah. Like, as a, I was like 10. Like, my parents knew <laughs> I was watching more. But like, <laughs> so judge my parents, not me. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um but that first reveal i'm sure my my draw was just on the floor about it
1: yeah well e- even the reveal of having two killers yeah. cuz at, oh, yeah. at the at, you they know as you're that. watching through it yeah. you don't necessarily get that it would be two people you you just think it's a simple horror movie of yeah. course one one yeah. crazy one supernatural yeah. you know kind of person can of yeah. course they can jump from you know whatever side of the house to the other well, side Well, i don't
0: think you think about it really because no. you just think there is one yeah so you don't think about it. And they have all the obvious things that they do, showing the boots, showing the different right. things. And you just think, it's there's so many red herrings, so many, like, twists that you don't know until they're revealed. Yeah, yeah. Although no, you will know now because you've been listening to our podcast. Yeah, Although, exactly. like, it's literally 26 years old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, and for the longest time... I thought it was Jamie Kennedy. Me too. Uh, you know, because I was like, oh, he knows all about these. And of course, he's living and out of fantasy. I think a
0: different kind of horror movie, it is Jamie Kennedy. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. it's the obvious choice, right? So, and I, he says that in the movie. He says, yes, like, I'm the obvious choice. Like, clearly, yeah. I, w- I should be on the sub- uh, the suspect list. And then as soon as he says that, you're like, are you lying to me, movie? Or are you trying to make me think it's not him? But like, as much as it plays with the audience, you don't know what's gonna happen. Which is that first time you're watching
1: yeah. it. And yeah, and I mean, like, all of these elements put together just make for a movie that just is timeless. Yes, absolutely.
0: It yeah, it will be around forever. Like it's yeah. 26 years old now,
1: and we're still watching yeah. it.
0: Yeah, and it still is good. There has there's no movie that has touched it. Yeah, and has really turned it on its head and was as surprising as big. Yeah, for not, like for a small movie that nobody really cared about until yeah. they did.
1: Yeah, oh, exactly. And
0: I don't think that it would have been as successful now because it would have been spoiled on social media.
1: That's true, yeah. It was a different time, yeah. you know, where, you know, the internet wasn't as as grown as it is. There's yeah. there's no Twitter. There's no Facebook. So, you know, everyone who's going to the movies, you know, they're seeing it. In the theater,
0: it. that gasp of the two killers. Yeah, it's fresh for else. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Ooh, so good. What's your first pick?
1: All right, so my first pick... Um, I went for The Conjuring. As you should. Yeah, The
0: Conjuring universe is excellent. Conjuring first is excellent. It
1: is uh, amazing, and and for a very long time. So we talk about how Scream was formative for me. Yeah, it got me into horror movies. Uh, for a very long time there. I got out of horror movies. Because, I would say the same, yeah. You know, they just... They weren't doing it for me. There was there was just stuff that just didn't resonate with me at all. They were
0: either too violent or trying to be too clever. And yeah. And there was not a lot of success there.
1: Nothing in between, right? Yeah. And so I, I finally... I was like, you know what? I'll give it a chance. And I'll watch The Conjuring. And we went to go see it in theaters. Um, and I have to say, it kind of woke me up for horror movies again the way that the the story starts and and it's not straight in your face straight away or anything like that like it 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 builds, builds it creates tension you know it's uh based off of uh Kind of like true-ish yeah. story kind of well, stuff. Well, the couple with... that
0: are, investigate all these paranormal happenings yeah. are real people. Ed who and really Lorraine did Warren, and yeah, investigate these real happenings. Yeah, so or like allegedly real happenings, who right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and so and the and the movie just kind of like it starts off and kind of like, explores these characters, explores what's happening. It doesn't show you right away the horrors, whereas yeah. I feel like sometimes in horror films, you know, they they're just really upfront with it, yeah. and they're just like we're just going to show you the killer right off the bat, just absolutely murdering somebody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that one builds tension. The content really builds tension. The weird noises, the this, the that, like the just, and the stuff that the characters are questioning, like, is this really happening? Am I tired? Did we move? Like, what is going on? And you just want to dismiss it because anyone would. Yeah. So immediately you're with that family of like, yeah, okay. I would be the same as you. Mm -hmm. Just like.
1: Yeah, and the story follows or is kind of born from, you know, this family that moves into this house. It's a little bit creepy of a house and but stuff. But it's
0: beautiful also. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, so you know why they moved there. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, uh, of course there's marital stuff going on yeah. as well. You know, you've got children who are growing up, so they've got their own problems too. Yeah. Um, and it gives this very nice narrative base and foundation for you to, as very you said. Very realistic. Yeah, the of these things that... Yeah. These questionable things that are happening, but you could, if you were in real life, if those things yeah. happen too, you just be like, "Man, I just didn't get enough sleep last night, or yeah. something." I saw something out of the corner of my eye.
0: Yeah. But. But as an audience, you're like, "I see it too. I see it too." Yeah,
1: yeah, and of course, <laughs> and we see more. Yeah. Uh, you know, and be and The Conjuring uses all of those horror elements to it, it like showing the audience what is going on but not the characters not necessarily seeing it. Things that you just see like just a snippet of you know uh, a face in a moment you know and when you're in theater you can't just rewind and be like like, hey yeah yeah, what did I see you you just your mind then starts playing with you and you and then you start really paying attention for stuff and I have to say like the most iconic scene for me in the entire movie which most people probably be like meh that's whatever um (laughs) but for me is when they're outside and they're talking about you know the witch and Mm -hmm. and everything else um and there's this figure that's in the window and you just catch it just for a brief moment and if you were to blink you would have missed it and then all of a sudden the the wind picks up and this sheet comes flying towards the camera and hits the the, this figure yeah and that like when i was in theaters that hit me so hard (laughs) i just and i don't know why it was so unexpected and i smiled in the theater (laughs) I don't you're know. Like
0: this is good movie making. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know why I would smile so at a horror film, but yeah. I did. So everyone
0: was looking around like we gotta watch this guy. Like yes,
1: <laughs> I just was like that. That is fantastic. And and I mean those elements continue where they just surprise you and throw stuff mm-hmm. in there that you're not expecting. It continues through the whole movie. And I mean like both of the leads uh, in the movie, they do a fantastic job. Patrick Wilson and uh, Vera Farmiga. Yeah. They...
0: Again, in less capable hands, you're talking about casting actors yeah. in, like, movies that were, like, throwaways 15, 20 years before that movie was made, right? Right. Like, it would just be a B-list nobody. And then you decide, oh, like, we need people that, that our audience is going to care about, potentially yeah. for multiple movies, right. right? And that are believable enough. That when you see them, you're like, oh, you're just people, and I like you. Yeah. <laughs> like...
1: It's, it's almost like they woke up and they realized that they needed dramatic actors to carry it, yeah. you know, to, to give you real reactions and emotions and not just throw on the cheese. I mean, mm-hmm. although sometimes a horror movie with a bunch of cheese can be fun, and, yeah. you know, but it, it, they just both, both of them did a fantastic job. And, and the mom,
0: like, Lily Taylor yes. as the mom of the family. Again, like, you're talking about a person who is not, like, super famous. Right. But in every role that I've ever seen her in extremely believable. Yeah. And you just are immediately connected to her because she's one of those that faces, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe you don't know her or you can't name like 17 movies of her, but if you saw her face, you'd be like, oh, I know you.
1: Right, yeah, like, yeah.
0: So you're immediately connected. Yeah, so well. she grounds the family.
1: Yeah, that, that whole cast really, like I know yeah. I said the you know the, the primary lead characters, but the whole cast yes. does oh, that. Oh, the children again. They yeah. they pull through too and yeah. they make it believable every step of the way. 100%. Yeah. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm.
0: I just, that whole, I like that whole universe. Like, the first movie is obviously the best one. Right. But I like that they tie in so many. So, like, that couple that, you know, uh, looks at all of these strange happenings. Ed and have, Warren. Yeah. yeah. They have a room full of, like, potentially supernatural objects. So, like, the amount of stories that they could really have in that universe is basically a million. Yeah. And so they have a few different ones. They have, like, Annabelle. They yep. have The Nun. They have The Curse of La Llorona. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a sound. Insidious. Ins- oh, right. Insidious. Yep. I forgot Insidious. about that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they are in them in whatever weird little part. Or they connect to each other in strange ways that that you're not seeing, obviously, in the first few minutes or whatever and i love that they've built this like horror cinematic universe in a way of like these smaller interconnected films that are in some ways super obviously connected and in other ways very less obviously connected right and they come together just i love movie making like that (laughs) just makes me so happy so my number one pick your number one sci-fi horror i think Maybe one of my favorite movies ever made. I've seen it a lot of times. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about it. I've read a lot of articles about it. it. This is a
1: great pick. Like, it's and, and it was. Alien. Yeah.
0: OG Alien, obviously. We're talking about 1979, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you might be thinking of aliens which i think more people have probably seen the sequel right. than the first one so aliens is very much like scary for yeah. sure because the xenomorph is a scary monster um but aliens is more of an action sci-fi than it is a horror sci-fi absolutely the original alien is so claustrophobic that it is horror sci-fi at its like i think at the peak i don't know that there is another yeah. one that even really comes close to them for staying power for acting for everything. It's so grounded, even though they're in space, even though they're space traveling and they're doing all these things, it's so grounded that it's, it's just scary. So this group of people that work for Weyland-Yutani, um, are, you know, in hypersleep and they are awoken by mother, which is also like, hello, their yeah. ship is called mother. Yeah. Gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like immediately you're like, I'm on edge. Um, And so they are, you know, tasked to go and look at this planet. What's on this planet? Why were we awoken? Blah, blah, blah. So they go to this planet, and it's just space exploration. And, like, space to me is scary. It's, like, I love space, but also space is very scary to me. And also very claustrophobic. So one of them gets attacked in one of the most iconic scenes ever. Like, that baby xenomorph wrapped around his face and, like you're just like, oh my God. And it's small though. So you're like, okay, it attacked this guy and I'm scared. It's gross. It's not going to do too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you go back to the ship and everyone is just like, we got to get home. We're like, this is scary and gross. And then you get that brief moment of like, everything is fine. He's awoken. The alien thing has let him go. It's dead. You're like, oh, it it couldn't breathe or whatever, whatever, whatever it was. And, then you know it's all wrong. Yeah, and it's all wrong in like one of the best scenes ever. And everything that I read about that scene, you know the scene that I mean. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, chest. Yeah, the chest burster. Yeah,
0: makes me love it even more. So obviously it's in the script. Obviously all of the actors at the table knows what will happen, but they don't know when. Right. Because they want that visceral reaction that if you know is coming it's hard to replicate yeah, right yeah so rewatching that scene after hearing on a podcast how they filmed it made me fall in love with it more do you know the story of it
1: no no tell me
0: okay so our character they're all eating they're having a, like a little dining scene they're right. joking around they're feeling that relief of of their co-worker and their friend being fine And he starts coughing a little bit. Right. He seems uncomfortable. And you're like, oh, dear. And suddenly he's convulsing. And they are trying to figure out what's going on. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. It's very chaotic how they filmed it, how the characters are all interacting. And there's a moment when the little xenomorph pops out of his chest that everything is, like the music cuts, the sound cuts, all of the actors sort of still for like, 15 seconds yeah. maybe yeah. not very long moments because all of them were shocked because they didn't know how it was going to be pulled off or at what moment it was going to be pulled off and they all just stayed in character their faces their shock everything that moment of like of a group of actors being like we got to get back in scene. like we just we we all just saw that yeah but we got to get back in the scene and to have that like moment of like absolute dead silence of everything for like 15 seconds it like it makes you sit with it a little bit longer yeah, yeah. than you would have before because then you see it like skittering across the table and it's like gone into the space ether somewhere and we don't really know where he <laughs> is but you have that 15 seconds where you're like we all just saw that. You saw that. I saw that. We all saw that. Like, yeah. And we're all having that moment together. We saw that, and I love, I love that they did that because it makes you feel like you're a part of it in a weird way. Right.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: So like about movie making, but I find it to be one of this like originally scariest things that I had ever seen. Well, obviously the xenomorph is. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, there's no reason you can't talk to it. It is just a primal killing creature. The end. Like there's there's nothing that you can do there. Yeah. It's stronger than you. It's faster than you. It's way more poisonous than you. Yeah.
1: It's got acid for blood. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah.
0: Y- you're hooped. You're hooped. And you, no one does what you think they'll do, and no one who you think will survive survives. Right. Like you. Just, you don't know what's going to happen, and the just. The absolute fantasticness of Alien and what that created. And it's created a lot of sequels also. Some yeah. are more successful than others. I think there are some like body horror things in later ones yeah. that are a little bit more or less successful, depending. Um, but like it created Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. as a lead. Yeah. Like 100%. Absolutely. Without Alien. And then with sequel aliens, there is no Sigourney Weaver, right? As we know her,
1: yeah, no, and and I mean like Sigourney Weaver, through the rest of the sequels, you know, is the anchor for everything else that yeah. is Alien, pretty much. You know, if you try to do an Alien movie without her, uh,
0: there's levels you of know. like I am in love with Alien on if anyone's listened to this podcast, they know that I was, like, last year deep into, like, all the alien books and some, like, podcasts and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I love the idea of this, like, evil corporation, Weyland-Yutani, yeah. that basically, like, owns space slaves. Like, none of these people have a choice. They all have this, like, share that they get to sort of work off or work towards. And, like, they're just nameless people like it doesn't matter who's in that ship like the yeah. company doesn't care about them no. and usually they refer to it as the company yeah just because it doesn't matter they're in charge of everything and they learn nothing like Waylon yutani never does the better or right thing ever yeah yeah no <laughs> like,
1: yeah they're just straight evil
0: and again you're talking about an evilness as you you know further explore the well even in this one like we knew that the AI, the android, yep. was working on behalf of this corporation. Mm. Like, they knew what they were hoping to find. They didn't know for sure that they would find it, but they knew what they were hoping to find. Yep. And they were using these people to get it, and they didn't care about it. Yep. And they never They never do. Right, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the beauty of the original movie, the yeah. of Alien, because there's so many elements and levels to it you know like you talked about you know the android yeah uh at first you don't even realize straight off the bat you know uh and then as you know plot elements come out and you start you're like oh okay choices that yeah uh and there's a scene that bothers me a lot where uh the ai uh, sorry the android takes a rolled up newspaper and basically tries to choke somebody out choke them to death with just this newspaper by just like putting it down their throat. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my God. Like, and you know, you realize like how helpless you are yeah. against something like that. And that's on top of this weird xenomorph thing running around the ship, just yeah. absolutely brutalizing people. Uh, and then not not only that, there's no escape. Yeah. Like, there's oh, nowhere to go.
0: Like you can escape, but now you're getting just, you're spaced. I don't know what happens to you in space. Vacuumed. Yeah. Uh, imploded. <laughs> things, yeah. things are not good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like... it's just bad. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just so good, yeah. And I think its sequel also very good. I think you can make an argument for Prometheus, even though Prometheus has some of the scariest body horror stuff I think I've ever been a part of. Yeah, Prometheus scares me in a way that Alien doesn't, but I don't think that it is as successful of a movie. It's just like my own hangups that Prometheus gets right. me. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm which, on the same page with you there. I which think. doesn't like put me put it on my list, but Alien, the first one. I, like, I think you could watch it at any time. But I think if you haven't seen it before, which also, come on, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if you haven't seen it before, definitely put it on in a, in a night where you can have most of the lights off, where the light is only coming from what you see on the spaceship, yeah. what you see on the planet. And just... Because a lot of that movie is quiet, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like... It's the choices of the sound made in that movie are very particular, right? And when they have sound and when they don't, and the, the no sound in space and yeah. all of that. Like, it really builds the film. So I think you have to watch it with that in mind. So if you have to put your phone in another room to not scroll <laughs> it, <laughs> like, which I totally get, I think definitely do it because I don't think you will regret watching it. Yeah, I think...
1: I think that could be said for most horror films maybe. You know Probably yeah. You know if like, you're watching something for the first time. Yeah, if you're watching yeah. something the first time, put the phone away, yeah. darken the lights, you know, close the blinds, make it as dark as possible in yep. there. You know, uh, if you've got your popcorn, great. You know, that's yep. fine. But, you know, go as dark as you can and just like let yourself live in that moment because that's yeah. kind of what horror films are about. Like it, yeah. they they you're create a reaction. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and so you're gonna have a re- You should hopefully yeah. with a good horror film have a reaction yeah. to it, and that's the fun. Of it's exactly films. the
0: fun of the horror film because otherwise, like you're just watching whatever. You could yeah. be watching something on YouTube. You could be watching whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like. It's the physiological reaction that people have to horror in particular. Yeah. That keeps people coming back. Like you know that. Like people know that. That's why yeah. they make it. That's why studios make horror. Like people like that build of tension, that release of tension over and over and over again. Like there's a reason that horror is successful. Yeah,
1: which is weird that we as humans chose this form of I do of... find that to be funny too.
0: <laughs> but like in the same way that like, you know, you like ultra hopefully not in your real life, but You consume, like, ultra-violent media or ultra-scary or very romantic or whatever. Like, people are multifaceted. So we need to be fed by different things, Mm -hmm. hopefully not too much of one thing. Right, We're not saying watch horror all the time every day. Have a little bit of something else in your diet, perhaps. (laughs) Um, But it feeds feeds a part of us that we don't really have to worry about anymore, and it's that fight or flight, right? Yeah. We're not anyone – like, we're not out living in little pods in the world – hoping to not be prey and, like, all of that stuff, right? But we still are animals and we still have those, like, primal feelings. And I feel like horror really taps into that, like, little part of you yeah. that you don't typically visit, hopefully. like
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's not a regular thing yeah. for you, for sure. Yeah, otherwise you might not just enjoy horror films unless yeah, it's got we'll a good narrative. You. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's totally fine. So before we leave you today, I think we both want to mention just a couple of, like, honorable mentions of things that didn't make our list for whatever reason. But if you're a horror fan and maybe you've seen all of these picks or maybe you just want to be reminded of some like old time favorites. Yeah. um, We're just going to give you a quick little list that we will have also available on our website. So uh, check out our Biblio Commons and you'll be able to search the list as well. It'll be under real stories horror. But in the meantime, do you have like maybe three
1: that you want to mention, Lee? Yeah, so X-Files. Yes. Uh, I'm going to take that one straight away. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Um, you could argue that it's not strictly horror, but it definitely has uh, some episodes that really are. Yeah. And that they Proce- really... It's
0: like procedural horror.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So definitely one where uh, I, is definitely a good honorable mention. Yes. Uh, the Blair Witch Project uh, I saw that one in film, uh, in theater. Sorry, and
0: uh, it's experience. I
1: mean, it's not it's not necessarily a great film, no. but if if it's your first time watching it, you've never seen it before. Uh, it had this weird effect on society for a while. Like everyone was talking <laughs> yes. about it for a very long time. And this is
0: like pre-internet, and everyone was talking about it. Like
1: yeah. Yeah. And for what they made it for, yeah. which was they had like, almost no budget. Oh, yeah,
0: tuppence. Like, I think
1: it was like $40,000 or some, yeah. something like that. I'm sure uh, people will correct me. But, yeah. uh, you know, and then they made millions.
0: Oh, yeah. So, so the return on investment was big. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I'd probably say, for me, the other one, um, Nightmare on Elm Street which I think is a foundational film. that We've talked about it already. but yeah.
0: uh, That was one of the scariest movies I ever saw. and
1: it creeped me out yeah. just thinking that Freddy could come to me in my dreams. I know.
0: You know, and I'm like... I watched it way too young. I think I was 11 or 12 years old. I, know yeah. I don't know what my parents were thinking allowing me to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it is absolutely... It's one of those films that it, it just... It, I mean,
0: I think about that song way more than I should. And I'm a person who walks their dog alone in the mornings now that it's dark. And I'll suddenly just think to myself that one, two, Freddy's coming for us. Right. And I'm just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Stop this right now. Why would you do
1: that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,. So one of mine that I feel like you have to check out show-wise as well is American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, American Horror Story is an anthology series. So really, you could just look and decide which one you wanted to watch. Every
1: season's different. Yeah. Yep.
0: So I think my first one that I watched was Asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have always been scared of, like, asylums and <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it really, like, spoke to me on a horror movie level because um, it's creepy. it has like a serial killer running throughout. it has weird paranormal stuff maybe we don't know. Um, but it's really really good. This is a series or a series of series that reuses their actors yeah. which I think they're all so good that I like seeing them again and again yeah. and, and what they'll be in that new season is always very exciting to me. Um, so I think that one's my I think that's my top because I saw it first. But I do think that if you take the time to watch, say, Coven and Apocalypse, I think that you would really, really get something out of it. Yeah. So um, definitely get into it. The new season is coming again. Uh, They just announced it, and it's American Horror Story New York City. Right. So they've just announced it. It'll be starting up in October. I will be watching it (laughs) uh, on a weekly basis. They've kind of got me for that. Um, I'm also going to Mentioned The Shining, which I think some people might not think of as straight horror. Again, you're talking about Stephen King, who disavowed the movie The Shining. (laughs) He did not enjoy the adaptation, especially at the time that it came out. Um, Iconic Jack Nicholson performance. Like people be quoting that everywhere, be referencing that everywhere. Um, Again, that is like a really slow build of a movie. I think it's like two and a half hours long. Like it's a a long long movie. And you have to be prepared to, like, settle in and let it build. Let that tension really build. Watch all of the little things in the corner. Watch the sort of slow descend of the Jack Nicholson character. Um, really, really good. And then I'm going to mention one that is a little bit strange, perhaps, um, because it's not as well known. It's on Netflix, and it's a Netflix original. Again, from a Stephen King uh, book. It's called Gerald's Game. Mm. And it's about a couple fairly well off. They're at their vacation home and they're having a bit of a a sexual game. And she is handcuffed to the bed. Um, and he dies. That He dies. And yep. now she's handcuffed to the bed. <laughs> there's a dead body. And there's nobody. There's nobody around. She can't get to the phone. She can't. There's. She can't figure out how to get to the keys and things start happening so is that her mind playing tricks on her is that actually something happening Mm -hmm. like what's going on and again the tension build is so good because you're getting it from one perspective so then are you like is she an unreliable narrator has she lost the plot and we're just like seeing her descent into madness like what are we seeing as an audience and I've I found it really good. Again, like Carla uh, Gugiano. is that how you say her name? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know her from like a million things. If you saw her, you'd face. recognize her for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And she, you're basically she's she's the movie. Like you're with her in a bedroom, and you're just like, what are we what are we doing, Carla? Yeah. How are we fixing this? <laughs> like, and I find that it is so successful because it's again that like like real kind of horror yeah of like you're trapped like you're trapped so what's the plan what are, like what are we doing here so anyways i would recommend that yeah. one and but, it's for free on netflix if you have netflix yeah
1: yeah i mean even if you just watch the trailer the trailer yeah. like it, it, the trailer doesn't show everything thankfully yeah. you know which some trailers do oh my gosh but some it, trailers. <laughs> it gives you enough of a hint yeah for sure and it, it is a good
0: watch And I think like read Stephen King maybe might be the moral of our story here with the number of. I mean, there's
1: so many Stephen King (laughs) adaptations. You know, uh, Cujo, Pet Cemetery, like Carrie. There was one Dreamcatcher, which the movie adaptation messed with me a lot. (laughs) Uh, You know, and all of these. I mean, Stephen King just
0: iconic. Yeah. yeah. No one, no one's doing popular horror like Stephen King. Yeah. Popular. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll have to like do a list of things. Well, maybe we'll add some books in there for you on your list as well, just to like sort of round out your movie picks. Yeah. Because we did do so many Stephen King adaptations. Yeah. It feels like we need to do a little shout out to him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you everyone for joining us. We hope that you enjoy these horror picks and let us know what some of your favorites are. Because Lee and I want to know. You can visit us at any branch or you can email us. I'm C Brown at rdpl.org and Lee is
1: lweslak at rdpl.org.
0: Can you spell your last name for the
1: Yeah, (laughs) W-E-S-E-L-A-K.
0: So we'd love to hear from you if you would like to drop us a line sometime. And until the next one, goodbye.
1: Thank you very much.